You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. So good to be here. We, uh, I don't know about you, but I think we are all uh, at home. At least we are coming through a, a, a interesting season, uh, feeling quite uh, a little bit even of oppression sometimes because there's a lot of things going on. Uh, and I believe that uh, this morning, I believe that God wants to give us a, a breakthrough on, on how we, we relate and how, how we respond to things. I think uh, I, have, I, have, I had a really interesting conversation this week uh, with my daughter, Elena. She's only four years old. And Sunday she went for a wee and we had a little a, a conversation at the toilet about that. And she's suddenly over there uh, in the toilet. She came to me and said, so dad... I have two fathers. Said, oh my goodness, what is this? What's going on? I said, yeah, because so God is my father and you also my father. And I said, yes, it is true. I said, oh, I have always thought I only had one father. And I said, oh my goodness. I, and I start to feel, I'm going to be honest with you, at that moment, I start to feel a little bit jealous of my relationship with my daughter because there was a moment when I had to be clear to her that no, I wasn't her only father. Something that moms will never go through. <clears throat> because it is true. And that moment, so I sat with her and I said, look, Elena. And that moment, I had to clarify to her something that was difficult for me. Because as a father, I loved the, the idea that I am special, that everything is about, do you know, the, the relationship between her and myself. And that moment, I had to break that. In her own time, with her own language, with her own understanding, that moment I came to my daughter and said, No, Elena, it is true. You have two fathers. You have the Father in heaven who made you, who made that, who made us, who knows everything about us, and he gave me the privilege of being your father, of, of the privilege of looking after you. But your first, first father is God. And that, that was, in my heart, something died the moment. But at the same time, something came to life. Because you know, there's some, I think we, do you know what is the strategy of devil nowadays? And it has been always. The strategy of devil is to put, he cannot change, create things. But have, devil, he can mess with the, with the direction of things. So that the intention of, of devil is to put God at the end. So we're going to spend our entire life trying to do something, do something, do something, accomplish something. So at the end, we did so many things that we conquered God. We went to heaven. And I learned with my pastor in Brazil that no one goes to heaven. Do you know that? No one goes to heaven. I fully believe on that. Do you know why? Because we came from heaven. And that moment with my daughter was a healing process for myself and for her. Because it was a moment that she started to clarify in her mind that she came from God. There is in the Bible an age for you and me to become adults. Do you know which age is this? There is in the Bible a specific age that you and me, we become mature. Which age is this one? 
I heard someone saying some. Luke chapter 2. Let's open together over there. We're starting our conversation. We are talking about the Holy Spirit, but Luke chapter 2 brings a clarify, clarify to us something that we need to understand. That God is not at the end. God is at the beginning of things. We were born in God. Can you tell the person next to you that you... So turn to the person next to you. I know you don't like to do those things, but anyway, turn to the person next to you and say, you came from God. You came from God. And do you know there's a specific age that kids, they stop being kids and they become responsible. They become adults. Pretty much Luke chapter 2, it states to us that Jesus was... And it clearly, the entire beginning of chapter 2 of Luke, Jesus is always called boy, child. So they are talking about this guy who comes and suddenly he sees Jesus, just a kid, just 12 years old, a simple boy, and he is amazed about him. So his name was, what is his name again, sorry, uh, in English? Uh, I lost over here. Yeah, Simeon. So Simeon comes, he sees Jesus and says, wow, yes, literally, literally, this boy is the boy, is a promise. I can see that this boy is a promise. And all the time when they're relating, they relate to Jesus about this boy, this kid. All the, all, if you see the, the beginning until the verse, even on the verse, uh, when we see the verse 40, it finishes the verse 40 saying, the child grew and became strong and he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. So far the story is telling us that this little boy called Jesus, this little child, someone uh, only 12 years old, someone so young, he was full of God. He was full of the wisdom of God. He was growing. But he was still known and described over here as a little boy, as a kid, a child. And suddenly comes the Easter. Easter comes. And what happens? So they go to the Easter celebration. And they stay over there. This little boy here, always addressed. The little boy, the little child. And he comes over there. They spend the Easter over there. And then they come back to... Uh, to their city. He, the, the, the parents of the little boy, for three days, thought that he was what? Doing what boys do. That he was with the family, that he was maybe playing some football, that he was over there running. So they thought that this little boy were only doing what boys do, what kids do. And suddenly, they realized that the boy, the kid, was not over there anymore. They lost the boy. They lost the kid. We almost lost one day our kid in the supermarket. Elena, she was running, and she w went through the, the, the clothes uh, in the supermarket. Suddenly, we were like, wah! And that was only for a few seconds, but we were so scared. Can you imagine? Joseph and Mary, they lost Jesus for three days. They only found out that he was... They went back to Jerusalem trying to find the kid, trying to find the boy. And where did they find him? In the temple, in the synagogue. Talking to whom? Talking to the priest, talking to the doctors of law. 
And so Mary comes to him and says, my boy, my kid, why you did that to us? Why you made us so scared? And what was the answer that Jesus said? Verse 49, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying. And then they went back to Jerusalem. And look what says verse 52. Can you read it for me? Verse 52. And? Oh, no, wait. But usually, since then, was always the kid Jesus. The boy Jesus. The immature Jesus. The kid that was always referred as, Jesus, as just a kid. A boy. But now, Jesus. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He was never called boy again. He was never called child again. What changed, my friend? So I have the youth over here with me. And we are building something with them. The fact that they are no longer, and I would never treat them again as children. Because what we are trying to build on them is the, uh, the understanding that they are not going to God. But the understanding that they came from God. And the last thing I want to make them waste their time is trying to accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. Trying to get something, get something, get something in a way that finally they were with God. But what we are trying to be with them is the understanding, the maturity to understand that they came from God. And now their job is to do what? Take responsibility. To reveal who they are. There's nothing more sad in our life than to be discovering that you came from God just at the end. And not revealing who you are. So I have the youth over here, my friends. You are. And that's a challenge because usually we can be grown-ups. I am coming to my 40s. Thank you very much. I don't look like. Thank you very much. <laughs> I heard. If you didn't hear that, it was over there in the back. Someone said, you don't look like 40. Thank you very much. I'll pay at the end. Uh, but that's the thing. Usually we reconnect faith. We say that faith, if you see someone full of faith, oh my goodness, come on. Look at that person, so full of faith, always believing that what he needs will come. Always believing. He never gives up, never gives up. And my friend, that is not necessarily a sign of faith. Because someone who is investing all his time praying for something that he thinks is always believing he will come, he will get, he's actually also believing that he's always missing something. Someone who's always establishing and saying, God, yes, I believe this blessing will come, and this blessing will come, is putting himself also in a position that he believes there's also something lacking. There's always something missing. There's always something that he didn't get it. So what is the sign of someone full of faith? What is the sign of someone full of a spiritual life, full of faith? What did Jesus do when he was so full of faith? 
He said, my job, my job is to look after my father's business. Do you know what is a sign of someone full of the Spirit, full of, of God's presence, full of faith? It's not someone who puts himself in a place to believe and pray, and he prays and he prays and prays for everything that he believes he is on. But it's someone who takes responsibility. Do you know what is a sign of a person, a man of God, a man full of the Spirit of God? He's someone who says, I don't mind what the future holds. I won't be shaken because I have eternity in my DNA. Responsibility is the word that defines someone full of the Spirit. If you see all the gifts of the Spirit, my friend, they are all to bless the, the church, the other. Full of the gifts of the Spirit, and we're going through the gifts of the Spirit with our kids, uh, not kids, with our mighty man and mighty woman of God. And we were talking about the gifts of the Spirit this week with them. And they are all to bless. We were talking about the, the gifts of tongues. The Bible says that you're praying and you don't bring revelation. It's better to say three words that people can understand than say the entire prayer. In tongues, why? Because the gifts of the Spirit, they are to build one another. Someone who is full of the Spirit will do what? Take responsibility. What did Jesus do, my friend? Jesus is your example. Is Jesus your whole model? He's mine. I'm trying to be like him. It's difficult, but I'm trying to be like him. And what did Jesus do his entire ministry? He chose how many to walk with him? Twelve. He never neglected the mass. He never neglected the crowd. But he chose twelve. And he said to all of them, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Come. Come and see how I do. At the entire time, Jesus intentionally decided to spend time together with them. I remember one day, and it's been our... In my home, it's been our whole model, and in a way that things they, we were having lunch with some people uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I broke one of the glasses. Uh, and we have always a set of six things, because we always like to have two couples, so two plus two plus two, we always have six things of everything. Uh, and I broke one glass, and sometimes I go, what do I do with this now? Because this for me became useless. Because for us, we always have this understanding that we want to spend time with people because that's the understanding of how is the, am I a person full of the spirit? I believe I want to be, and what will lead me to what? To take responsibility with people. And then Jesus did what? He said, yes, come with me, follow me, and I will spend time with you. And he did that all the time. He was always with people, but suddenly he would take this, this 12 and he would say, come over here with me now. Let's talk about this. What did we do? What did I just do? What do you think is happening? Oh, you're not understanding. No problem. They were not understanding throughout the entire process, but they were learning whatever was needed. Jesus was spending time taking them on trips. They were going on retreats. They were going away. They were going to different places. But all the time, all the time, Jesus was spending time with them. All the time, Jesus was spending time with them. Because Jesus understood 
that a person full of the Spirit, a person full of faith, we say to people, say, oh my goodness, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up this person because it's too difficult. It's taking my peace away. My friend probably never had peace. Probably your life with this, only this relationship with that person was calm. But now peace, the peace that comes from God, cannot be taken away because someone is difficult. Because you are difficult. I am difficult. Ask Paul if I take her peace away. Enjoying that she's making Thiago sleep. But don't ask too much, please. But we can make each other go crazy. But they cannot take our peace away because our peace comes from the understanding that my, I am responsible for you. Even when Jesus was by himself praying, when we come and we see at, at the end, uh, when he's about to go to, 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 to die, first he takes himself away. Persecution was coming, was, time, was not the time still, so he takes the 12 and they go away until it's time for them to come to, uh, to, to, um, to enter uh, the city and then to, to die pretty much. Even in this time, when Jesus is by the Gethsemane, what did Jesus choose to do? The most difficult time for Jesus was the time he was at Gethsemane. And what did Jesus choose to do? He said, please stay awake, stay with me. Even in the moment when Jesus went to pray alone, usually say, I am praying alone, please don't disturb me. That is a lie, because you know what is the most beautiful thing about someone who is praying alone? The understanding that whenever he's praying alone, because usually we make it holy, our devotionals. Let me tell you something, a devotional is not anything holy. If the only time, your holy time is your devotional, my friend, where is God the other 23 hours of your day? When I'm making food, that's holy. When I am uh, giving bath to my kids, that's holy, because otherwise God is not there with me. And Jesus, when he was alone praying, he said to them, you stay awake, I'm going to pray, I'm going to talk to my father. And it's beautiful how in Luke... Uh, it still says that Jesus chose to pray alone. How far? How far was Jesus away from them? A few steps away. The Bible says that Jesus was away from them only a distance of you throwing a stone. When Jesus went to pray alone, to talk to the Father alone, in his devotional time alone, he still was responsible for the ones he called to walk with him. And he says that he was in a distance only short of a stone thrown away. So what? He could keep his eyes on him. Then Jesus goes, Jesus dies. He comes back. And the Bible gives us ten appearances of Jesus Christ coming back to them. To whom Jesus came back. Because if you were us building a strategy for Jesus to be known, who, where should Jesus come back to? Come on, Jesus wants everyone to be saved. Right? What was the best thing for Jesus to do? To prove himself. To show the world that he conquered everything. 
Come on, go back to the cross. He came back to the disciples. He came back to the people. He was responsible for his entire ministry. Was to spend time with the people he was responsible for. He was not trying to prove himself. He was God. Jesus didn't have any problem with self-identity. If he had, he would go back to the cross and say, Look, I'm back again to life. I said that I was the Lord. And look, you killed me, but I'm back over here. But no, all the ten times when Jesus comes back, he always comes back to the disciples, especially the ones he chose to be the apostles. He comes back. He comes back to those two that were running away, running away to Emmaus. He comes back to the ones who were afraid. He comes back to those who didn't understand why. Because his level of faith, his level of spirituality means that he was responsible with those he established his life with, to share his life with. Do you know why? And I want you to invite you to open your Bible. We spent a long time in this church reading a really beautiful really beautiful place in Isaiah 61. And I want you to read together Isaiah 61 once again. Because you know what I believe? One day, we had a, someone in, in church who came to talk to us and said, why do you pray for healing? One of the gifts of the Spirit is healing, right? So I said, why do you pray for healing? If not everyone we pray will be healed. You shouldn't pray for healing that much. And I, understanding that that was coming from a place of his own experiences, but then I went to, and not judging, but then I, I spoke to him and said, look, I pray for healing for one reason. One simple reason. I didn't give the example on the time because uh, I only had Elena. But Elena, when she sees Tiago, Tiago is one year old, one and four months. He's in that phase now that everything he puts on his mouth. A few days ago, he learned to walk. Suddenly, I saw him walking with Alexa towards the window. It's brilliant how you need to change and reshape the entire decoration of the house. Anything, anytime, anytime that Elena sees Tiago doing something dangerous, she doesn't think twice. She says, Dad, Mommy, Tiago has something in his mouth. Tiago is climbing the stairs. She doesn't think twice. Why? She is responsible for him. She loves him. She is mature enough to understand that she is the one blessed with the Holy Spirit, with gifts. She is able to talk. One of the gifts of, one of the, gifts of the Spirit is words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Not going through deep what they mean, but words begins with words, ability to express. Elena, she is the one blessed with the gift of being able to express. So she express. And says, I am responsible to inform my dad and my mom that something's not well. So I came to this guy and said, do you know why I pray for healing? 
I don't know who was healed or not. We were talking about this. The Bible never said for you, if you believe that someone will be healed, pray for healing. No, the Bible said, is anyone around you ill? Pray for this person. So I said to him, do you know why I pray for healing? Because it's my brother and my sister. And I can't see. So Jake is over there. So let's say that Jake has a cough. If I care for Jake, and I see him coughing, I can take two, two decisions in my life. I can understand that I am responsible for him. And I have a father. And if I love him enough, I will never see him coughing without coming to my father and saying, Father, my brother is coughing. Someone that I am responsible for. We have someone on our life group that he constantly has headaches. And I was saying, until God tells me to stop praying, I will always pray for healing. Why? Because it's my responsibility. Because everything that God has given me, the fruits of the spirits, the, the gifts of the spirits, they are for one purpose. And what is this purpose? To look after one another. We have people that usually come to church and suddenly after a while they get tired. And they stop coming because they say that the food that's shared over here or any other church, it's not, doesn't taste the same anymore. I'll tell you something, this person has never cooked and never had the responsibility to feed before. Because if you own a restaurant, you don't stop going to this restaurant because you don't like the taste of the food. You can go to a restaurant to go a burger and say, mm, this burger today, not good. I'm not coming here anymore. I'm going to spend my money somewhere else. That is someone immature. Someone mature will say, my goodness, food here is not that good today. I need to find a way to tell the chef because it's my responsibility. It's my responsibility. It's our responsibility. We have kids work over there running. Can you hear the noise? Probably one of my kids. When I started working with youth, I didn't have necessarily a gift. I'm going to finish reading Isaiah 61. But what, you know what, what I did have? The understanding that I was responsible. We only have one ministry in life. It's the ministry of reconciliation. I'm glad this church doesn't need me to sing because you have Tim singing. You have better people, Mike singing. So their voices are better than mine. We have Gabriela singing, my goodness, much better. But if you need me to come over here and start singing, I will. Why? Why? Because I'm responsible. We're good, thank God, yeah. <laughs> but I'm responsible. 
Because the Spirit has only one intention, to equip you and me to look after each other. Leave this place of being always demanding something that God already said we were blessed with every single blessing that we need. It's in the Bible. You and me, we have been blessed with everything we need. So there's nothing left. Now we came from God. And look, for us to finish, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Why is the spirit of the Lord, of the Lord over you? Why? Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the revenge of the, our God, to comfort all of those who are sad and provide for those who are grieving in Zion, to bestow on them a crowd of beauty instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, so they can be called oak of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I want to give a quick testimony. Where's the guy from the drums? Over there in the back. I remember a little while ago, uh, I prayed with him at the end of the service. Uh, and I remember him saying to me, oh, I really would like to serve the church. And I played drums. And I remember saying to him, please, can you be in touch with Tim? I showed him who Tim was. And maybe that wasn't two months ago, I think. Really sh short time. And it's the second service, at least, that I see you playing the drums. That inspires us, my friend. And I pray that God will lead you to all the places where you will be showing that where you came from. That will put in order everything that needs to be put in order. But my friend, when someone understands... that he was called, he was blessed... The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. You have the gifts of the Lord. Nate over there. My friend. You okay? Good? One of the best football players of Hereford. My friend is full of the Holy Spirit. The day someone so young understands that he is called by God, there's no other chance other than to take responsibility. Who are the people that God has put in your life? Do you know that 92%, nearly 93% of Christians will never lead someone to Christ? 90% of Christians will never lead someone to Christ. We'll never introduce someone to Christ. Why? Because churches are not full. 
because we don't have services with worship? No, because we still didn't understand that all the gifts of the Spirit, all the anointing of the Spirit was poured out upon us because He has sent us to bless. I believe God wants to raise and heal our responsibility with one another. You can't give up on people. You can't because you are responsible. God demands that you're responsible. The anointing of the Lord upon you makes you responsible. You are the person called for this. You are the one blessed for this. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to thank you because it's so beautiful to see what you have done. You have shown us that we look the appearance, but that you see the heart. Jesus, you showed us what is priority. You showed us why you have blessed us with your Holy Spirit. You showed us why we are gifted, why your Holy Spirit lives in us, is to reach maturity, is to understand that we are responsible for one another, is to make sure that no one will be left outside. We are responsible for one another because the body cannot have a finger out. Otherwise, it's incomplete. Father, I want to ask you, your Holy Spirit is building in us something new this morning. You are bringing to a place where we Understand that all the things you have given us it's a pur has a purpose. And we were called to reveal the purpose, what we are born for. We were asking for volunteers for revival on the beginning, for Revive Cafe on the beginning. We need volunteers, the youth, we need volunteers, so many places. And our problem is not the lack of people. Our problem is because we still put ourselves in a place where we feel that we are only 11 years old. But we are called to grow up and use the talents and the gifts that you gave us, Father, to build up the kingdom, to build up one another. We want to ask more of your presence, Holy Spirit. You say in your word, Father, that whenever we are for us to pursue the gifts of the Spirit, you told us, Father, to ask for them. So I want to ask for healing. I want to ask for the ability 
by the Spirit of God to pray for someone, this person be healed, Father, because we need people to stand up and to take responsibility for one another. Help us, Father. I believe the Lord is saying that He wants to bless people this morning with many gifts of the Spirit. I believe God is saying, God has said to this church that we're going to see a lot of healings. And that is a word that I believe. In Brazil, we recognize this church as a place of a lot of prophecies. The church in England has been used by God with the gifts of prophecies. I want to declare the name of Jesus upon the worship team. Whoever is on the worship, I believe that God wants to pour out upon your life a gift of healing. And you're going to be playing. There will be no need to, to no one to lift up a hand. If you are from the worship, can you stand up, please? If, if anyone was involved with the worship. God will bless you with a gift of healing. Be prepared. Be prepared. This healing will extend to the hospitals. But we'll start over here. Bible says when they were, David was playing his instrument, the harp, people were released. You're going to see people being released by you guys in this church. Jenny, my friend, God has a gift upon your life. And your work is not in vain where he placed you. Because you are a woman of prayer. There's a gift over your hands. Your work is not a simple work. It's strategic. It's so key where God has placed you. Because God has placed a woman of faith in a place where there's lacking of faith. Can you receive that? Because you're going to see healing in this church through the worship. It's clear that. God bless you in the name of Jesus. If you still want, you may say, but JP, I, I don't have any gift. But I would like one. We would like to, as we pray, as we finish the, the service, we still want to pray. If you believe that, the difference is, I want to take responsibility. I don't know how to pray for healing. I don't know how to pray for, for salvation. I don't know how to be evangelist. I don't know how to have faith. I don't know how to have words of wisdom. I don't know. But I want you. We want to pray for you. Because, for example, that couple over there at the back. Yes. Look how beautiful that is, that couple. 
eats you too, yeah? You are a firm foundation for this church. If you want to have a testimony of prayer, come to them. I'm going to take the freedom of our friendship and say something, okay? Ask them to tell you the story about the roof, the ceiling. If you need words of encouragement, ask them to, pray, to tell you the story of the roof and the ceiling. And you're going to hear words of knowledge coming from them. You're going to hear prophecies coming from them. If you are struggling something in your house, I suggest you to come and talk to that beautiful couple at the back. And your house will be restored with the testimony of their family in their house. That's why we're here. Do you know why I embarrassed Keith over there in the back? Because there's nothing worse than being someone's birthday. And you're saying hello to this person. And going home. And finding out at the end of, this, of the day. That was his. If it's my birthday, I tell everyone. Hello. It's my birthday today. Because I want. The blessing that you can give me on that day. Come on. And if it's your birthday, I want to bless you. That's why I say. Bless someone. You are a blessing. Can, to finish, can you do like this? Put your hands like that and say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to be responsible for my friends. God bless you. <laughs>